Good morning, God's wonderful people. Today we have another day to give God thanks for his goodness and his love, to appreciate his gift towards us, to appreciate the things that God has made available to us. He has given us so much things to enjoy in life, so many things to be appreciative of. Let us today find some time in our busy schedule to appreciate God for the many things that he has given us, for the many opportunities that he has brought our way. He didn't have to do it for us. He didn't have to bring us the things that he has, but he has. And so for that, let's be thankful. Let's be grateful. And like I've always said, the best way to be grateful is to become what God has determined for you to be. So you want to know the mind of God? Get into his word. You want to know what God's mind towards you is? Get into his word. Dig into the word and find out what you're supposed to be. That's a manual for you. That describes what you are. That tells you what you're supposed to be and do. So get in there, find it, and live it. These six things do the Lord hate. Yea, seven are an abomination unto him. One, a proud look. Two, a lying tongue. Three, hands that shed innocent blood. Four, and heart that deviseth wicked imaginations. Five, feet that be swift in running to mischief. Six, a false witness that speaketh lies. And seven, he that soweth discord among brethren. That's taken from Proverbs chapter 6, from verse 16 to 19. It tells a story, or the, it gives to us a list of the things that God hates. And it says there are six that God hates. But seven, it's the seventh one. Is an abomination unto him. What's number seven? He that soweth discord among brethren. This takes us to the next set of the works of the flesh we'll be looking at in our study of Galatians chapter 5 from verse 13 to verse 26. We continue our study today of the works of the flesh by turning our attention to the next set of the works of the flesh. This set I call the divisive works of the flesh. At the core of these vices of the flesh is to divide. These two are seditions and heiresses. We have looked at so far the set concerning our sexual um, behavior, and that is the sexual works of the flesh. That is fornication, adultery, uncleanness, and lasciviousness. So let's take first of all the matter of seditions. Seditions. The word, the Greek word translated seditions here in our text, it means a division into opposing groups, generally two. It means discord, disunion, or dissension. In the English dictionary, sedition is defined as incitement of resistance to or rebellion against a lawful authority. The key word here is against and rebellion so looking at this word sedition and seeing this definition we should then understand that sedition is basically inciting a rebellion against a lawful authority now there are many examples of this in society but i want to take examples of this from the scripture and i believe that the best example we have of this is saul in the book of Samuel, where Saul was given the go-ahead or given the, 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 the job by God to go and destroy the Amalekites. 
That was what God prescribed for him to do. That's in 1 Samuel. And so, as God gave him that prescription, Samuel was supposed to go and fight against the Amalekites and totally wipe them out. But instead of totally wiping them out, Saul did just what he felt like the best thing to do. He kept the king alive and he also kept alive certain of the animals that he felt were good animals and they were nice looking animals. He kept those. And so he, he did not accomplish or did not complete the assignment that God gave to him. He didn't complete it properly. So as a result of him not obeying the word of the Lord totally, God sent the prophet to him. And that's a prophet Samuel. When Samuel came, this is what Samuel said to Saul. It's found in 1 Samuel 15 from verse 22. And Samuel said, Hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices, as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to hearten than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, he hath also rejected thee from being king. Now Saul's explanation to Samuel was that he kept the animals alive, because the people wanted to offer them a sacrifice. And that's why Samuel responded with this word from the Lord to him. This was God saying to Saul, I'm tired of your rebellious behavior. That is why he said, for rebellion is as a sin of witchcraft. And stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Now, this is God telling Saul that you are being rebellious. So Saul here was not obeying or doing what God commanded him to do. And that was an act of rebellion because he blatantly went against what God said and did what he thought best to be done. So he rebelled against God's God authority because the thing is, if you rebel against, if you refuse to complete an action that's commanded by the authority under which you live, that's an act of rebellion. You're going against a declared instruction. That's rebellion. That's an act of rebellion. That's an act of going against a command. So Saul here was going against what God has commanded. And therefore, he was acting against God. That was rebellion, not just against what God commanded, but an act against God. In Deuteronomy 31 verse 27 is the first place where this word rebellion is used. And there it says in Deuteronomy chapter 31 verse 27, it says, For I know thy rebellion and thy stiff neck. Behold, why I am yet alive with you this day. He have been rebellious against the Lord. And how much more after my death? This was Moses speaking. This was Moses speaking to the children of Israel. And, and it was him saying to them, that I'm alive and I've seen how you rebelled against God. What was Israel rebelling in this case? It was them refusing to do what God commanded and consistently doing what they wanted, what they felt was right. That's an act of rebellion. Doing what you feel, going against a command because of what you think or what you feel. That's an act of rebellion. It's going against a command, going against an authority. So here, friends, 
we have to understand what this sedition is talking about. Sedition is, is basically you standing in opposition to an, a lawful authority. Remember, the Bible did say that there is no authority established but that which God established because all authority comes from God. All authority comes from God. So if for you to stand in rebellion against any established authority is for you to be ultimately standing against God or rebelling against God. Now there is a prescribed way for us to behave. An example of the, of the positive side of this is when the apostles after Christ left this earth, when they were going around sharing the good news of Jesus Christ, the Jews saw them as a threat to their religious order. And as a result of that, anywhere the Jews saw them, the Jews sought to put an end to their endeavors. As I was one of these, one of the outcomes of this march against the, the, the apostles by the Jews was that Peter and the other apostles, and the other apostles were, uh, Peter was arrested, yeah, and Peter was thrown into prison. He was thrown into prison by these religious leaders. But all throughout that incident, Peter never once spoke against these religious leaders or acted against them. Even at the point where they beat them and commanded them not to preach in the name of Jesus anymore. Peter's response was, we will obey God rather than man. So in every instance where these apostles were arrested, even when Paul and Silas were arrested, they never acted against the authority of the day. Because they understood that all authority comes from God. They submitted to the authority and they continued preaching the gospel and they endured the consequence of preaching the gospel. Because they understood that rebellion against any established authority is ultimately rebellion against God. Submission to authority is the key. And the bottom line is this, friends. There are some times when you have a choice. If you are going to remain under the authority of those who are set over you, if you are going to remain under that authority, then you must submit. If you are being, like the apostles were, commanded to do things that are not lawful under God, then you must remove yourself from under that authority. The apostles left Jerusalem and went to the wider world. Why? They went out. Because in Jerusalem, they were being persecuted by these religious leaders. And so they dispersed out into the world and take the gospel where they could. They removed themselves from under the scope of the authority of those religious leaders who were persecuting them. So to remain under the authority, you must submit. If you remain under the authority and act against the authority, that's rebellion. That is how we need to look at this, friends. Because seditions, you can't incite rebellion against an authority under which you reside. That's wrong. Erise on the other hand, mean, the word erise is actually a Greek word. And it means a division of people into different and opposing sets. It's a party or a disunion. It's a division of persons into opposing sets. In the English dictionary, the word means an adherence to a religious opinion contrary to church dogma or church doctrine. It's also an opinion or doctrine or practice contrary to the truth or the, to generally accepted beliefs or standards. So whereas seditions is rebellion against an authority, established authority, heresies is rebellion against an established truth. 
right, or an established doctrine or an established belief or an established practice. Now, th that's where these two differ, but they are children of the same thing. They are children of both children of rebellion. So, erise is the act of rebellion against an established truth or established teaching. So, here we see that sedition and erise are both children of rebellion. All right? However, the, at the core of them both is that act of rebellion. So, this act of rebellion is at their core. Therefore, in all of our acts, we must avoid rebellion like a plague, which it really is, because it is contagious and widespread. Rebellion is one of the greatest killers of togetherness and, and, and the killer of churches, killer of nations. And we have to fight to ensure that we stay far. We avoid rebellion like a plague. We scrutinize ourselves. We assess ourselves. We ensure that we're not acting in rebellion. Rebellion, my friends, is simply going against a command. So if the command says, do this, you go against and do the opposite. That's what rebellion is at the core. So if the authority that is established, the established authority is there, and you are not in agreement with the authority that is established because of the person who sits in that authority, and you begin to act against that person, you are taking on rebellion. You are acting in rebellion. Any action against the authority that is established is an act of rebellion. And so that's how we need to be careful here, my friends. Here also, look at it this way. Saul was king over Israel. David was anointed by God to replace Saul. When Saul recognized that the hand of God was on David, what was Saul's action? Saul began to seek David's life. He began to seek David's life to kill him. This was before God gave him that instruction to go wipe out the Amalekites. Saul saw that the hand of God was on David. He saw that God was with David. He saw that David behaved himself wisely. And what was Saul's action? He sought to kill David. That was an act of rebellion. That was a clear and distinct act of rebellion. Because you recognize that this is God's choice. This is God's choice for the throne. And as a result of that, you begin to try to kill God's choice. You begin to try to get rid of God's choice. That's an act of rebellion. This was God's choice for the throne. And, and Saul, even though he sat on the throne, he was acting in opposition to God's declared and revealed will. He knew it was God's will. That's what he said to his son. Don't you know that he will be getting this throne? Don't you know that he will be seated on this throne? He was telling his son that you need to step up and get rid of him because if you don't, he will have the throne. So he knew that the hand of God was with David. In the same way, friends, many times across this, this, this world, we have individuals who do not recognize authority that has placed over them. And instead of them coming from under that authority and go elsewhere, they seek to fight against that authority. Seek to work and incite rebellion against that authority. That act is an act that is as witchcraft. It is, is synonymous with the spirit of witchcraft. And the spirit of witchcraft is that desire 
to, put, to, to, to manipulate or to control. And anytime you begin to act in a way, wanting things to go your way, that's the spirit of witchcraft. Wanting to manipulate things to go in your favor and things must be done the way you think it should be done. That's the spirit of witchcraft. Manipulation, domination, and control, that's the spirit of witchcraft. Seditions and heiresses are babies of rebellion and rebellion is a part of that spirit of witchcraft. So seditions and heiresses are all grandchildren of the spirit of witchcraft. Let's be careful here, my friends, of the acts we commit. Because if we're not very careful, we could very well be walking in the spirit of witchcraft and our children rebellion and sedition and heiresses. Hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to hearken than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Hallelujah. My friends, let us take heed to obeying the word of the Lord, to obeying God's instructions. Because if we are not obeying God's instruction, that is tantamount to rebellion. And if you are not obeying God's instruction, no matter what sacrifice you want to offer, no matter what songs of praise or songs of worship, no matter how beautiful your songs of worship, no matter how beautiful your songs of praise may be, they mean nothing to God if you are not obeying His voice. If you are not hearkening to the voice of the Lord, if you are not obeying the word of God, you are acting and walking in the spirit of rebellion. Father, we give you thanks today. We give you praise for your goodness and your loving kindness. We ask you, Lord, to let your Holy Spirit guide and direct our actions today. Let him guide and direct and order our steps aright in your words. That, Lord, everything we do, everything we say, Lord, will be, Lord, a declaration of you in this earth. It will become a declaration of your praise. It will be us offering praise and worship to you, O God, that, Lord, all our lives and all our days will be enveloped, O God, in an offering of praise because we live and do what you command, because we live and become what you order. Father, we give you all glory and we give you all praise. As we give you all these praise, Father, we ask you, let your light continue to shine and shine through us, Father, and touch those around us. We give you praise. We give you thanks. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great day now, my friends, and do remember that God loves you, and I do too.